out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes Podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, joined uh, just by one of my amazing co-hosts this evening, as everybody is off, you know, uh, either adventuring in the motherland of Leicester, in the case of uh, our wonderful New York Fox, Jason Becker, uh, or Chris is uh, off of on some work trip in Boston, so everybody's all over the place. But I got my boy, Mr. Jim Harris of the Texas Foxes, with me tonight to cover everything we've missed. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Matt, how you doing? Yeah, we're missing our other two members of the crew, but um, I know they're having a great time. Well, we certainly know Jason is. He's um, living it up over in the UK and meeting up with some some of our listeners and some of our friends. Uh, as we go and hopefully chris is enjoying himself in boston as well um and um getting some dunkin donuts in as well <laughs> definitely i have yeah jason his uh photos with uh some of our favorite people in the world over in leicester definitely making me jealous uh but they're very happy that they're over there and 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 uh, having a good time jason and ryan and uh ryan's fiance caroline so that that so happy to be getting those photos and see them having the time of their lives over there. They were over for the uh, Watford away match, and then they were there for uh, this evening against uh, Wednesday, and then they will be uh, in the house uh, for the match Saturday at home against Burrow. So that will be amazing. But we got plenty to cover here tonight, you guys, on the Fox U.S. Foxes podcast. So we will dive right into it, I guess. First of all, though, Jimmy, I, what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? We got to get that covered. Well, I think it was a, a real game that was, for the purists in a way, it was a really good game of football, um, American football, sorry, not football. <laughs> and um, it, it to, to the outsiders and sp- certainly the people watching it at our Super Bowl party, there wasn't much excitement going on if you didn't really like American football, not much end-to-end action, not much scoring not much um featuring of taylor swift um so definitely you know dana and and crew were looking out for her more than looking for the looking for the scoring and um i think also the 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 commercials were a bit subpar on compared to previous years as well so um but in the end it was a pretty exciting finish you know we all had to learn how overtime worked so uh, every year it changes. So <laughs> that was definitely a big, um, a big thing. And the way they explained it as a new game, but not really a new game because it ends when you know, a team scores um, in an unmatchable way. So it's kind of just the evolution of, of overtime, but wow, what a finishing and what a play to, and what a drive to, to kind of push it to the end. And it looked like the 49ers were going to go all the way and score a touchdown when they had the ball, but didn't make it. And then Mahomes did what Mahomes does, right? And just shows why he is building, you know, really the legacy and why the Chiefs are a team that I don't think you can really hate them for being successful the way they play. Unless you're a they're getting rival, they're getting rival there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're getting there on the hate list. The more and more they win, certainly they're not anywhere near Patriots uh, hate level for me yet, but. They're certainly getting there. Yeah, it was a good game to watch, especially as a neutral. If you're if you're a football fan, um, I think you know all you can ask for is is teams that are going straight out. And there was no doubt in that game. It, mm-hmm. Now was it a high flying right. offensive match out? No, definitely yeah. not. But uh, the defensive aspect of the game was certainly uh, fully on show, and it was cool to see you know, Mahomes getting stressed out a little bit. So even more credit to them. It's uh, coming back at halftime and having a game yeah. plan. So it's a good time. I, I definitely had some UK fans uh, sending some, uh, well, and by UK fans, I mean, Graham Randall, of course, saying what a shit game, no scoring. <laughs> so, well, yeah. we don't need to mention Graham. He's not listening tonight. He never does. He's a, he's a good friend, does. but he doesn't support us in that way. And likes to give us needle. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. But- but they rep the F- AFC for us, Matt. That, we got to say that. Yes, they did. They did. And, you know, I'm looking forward already to next year with a healthy Anthony Richardson uh, versus you and uh, CJ Stroud. So I know we got, some more, we got some more draft picks as well. You know, that the, the gift that keeps giving from the Cleveland Browns right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. What was the uh, best snack that you had on uh, on the menu for your uh, Super Bowl party? Well, um, we did. We made 
we made um, some nice chicken slider, barbecue sliders, and also mm. chili. But I would say Trader Joe's never let down, and their sort of lime and chili taquito things, I could have eaten the whole bag and nearly <laughs> exploded. <laughs> Allie, uh, Allie made her famous buffalo chicken dip, so I know ex- what you mean about exploding, because I oh, definitely well, ate an entire bag of Tostitos to myself with uh, <laughs> that buffalo chicken dip, and then, yeah, we had pigs in a blanket there was everything going on what what were you saying what is the difference the british what is the british pigs in a blanket because in america you have a little tiny hot dog wrapped up in a crescent roll and then toasted and then you dip it in usually you know ketchup or mustard what yeah um so the way we call a pigs in a blanket i think is more similar to maybe what you call a guy's called devils on horseback. So it's actually like a legit. I've never heard. I've never okay, heard so that's, in my um, life. So ever. that's like a, a sausage wrapped in <laughs> bacon with a date in it, but which is also amazing, by the way. But um, pigs and blankets for us. Um, are... Devils on horseback. You just yeah. made that up. I've literally. No, I didn't. Legit. Chicago <laughs> listeners, please back me up on that as well. Uh, if you've been to, um, you know, been to some <laughs> restaurant around there. But um yeah, so we call it, so it's cocktail sausages, which are little sausages, just to, okay, to yeah. point that out, wrapped in bacon. They could be full-size sausages, you know, I don't want to get like any hate mail from from like anyone. Okay. But, you know, sausages wrapped in, in bacon that you cook in the oven, and then, you know, that that's that's for us a proper one. So it's a proper, proper English banger um, with bacon, and it's <laughs> freaking amazing. All right, all right, fair enough. It sounds good, so I can't hate on it, but it's definitely yeah, a different yeah. thing of the blanket. A blanket of bacon is always good. But, yes. Yeah, you know, I understand that a lot of people don't eat bacon, so you know, maybe or sausages. So, um, including my lovely wife, who doesn't believe that sausages are um, real food. <laughs> Why? Why is it not real food? Uh, she's she is um, not a fan of food where she doesn't know where it came from. And especially if she doesn't, and I'm not saying like in a Portlandia way where you have to like know the <laughs> name of the farmer and all that and the name of the chicken or whatever, but if it's of indeterminate pieces of meat and so forth, and maybe not even meat, she's not a big fan of it. So, um, I like sausage, but if it's got fennel in it, fuck off. I anything <laughs> with fennel in it, I just that's no, that's an immediate no for me. I'm not trying yeah. to enjoy, you know, my sausage with a side of black licorice, and that that goes for any <laughs> meal with fennel in it. So I'll eat just about anything. Like my palate, I'm not afraid to try anything, but if it's got fennel in it, like I'll just say that I'm allergic to fennel at the restaurant, so that there's no chance that that shit ends up in my food. So, well, Matt, you wouldn't have made it then in Tatooine, living with um, Luke Skywalker growing up, because that's what Aunt Baru cooks in um, in the original A New Hope. That she cooks fennel when she's making the dinner. Sorry, welcome to um, Star Wars and Sausage Pod. In fact, instead of Lester Pod tonight, so um... I literally. <laughs> I'm more confused by that than whatever you said earlier about a devil, the devil on the horseback. So I, you lost me immediately with the Star Wars talk as well. So anyway, let's dive into the reason that people actually listen to this podcast, and that is Leicester City. We played Watford away uh, on Saturday, guys. Watford featuring their weird bee human mascot that creeps me out every single time that I see him. Uh, I saw him, you know, guiding the mascot children onto the, onto the field before the match. And I was just like, that guy should not be near those kids. I, that creepy outfit. It just gets me every time, dude. Um, it is rather creepy. I think the number of mascots that are kind of creepy and inappropriate for a family setting is quite high and quite worrying. In fact, and I often worry about, um, what's behind the designs that go on so that's what um, i'm saying maybe okay. that maybe that can be a feature for when we have the after the season finishes and we're looking for a topic over the summer we creepiest can mascot. creepy mascots <laughs> there are definitely a lot um and Take they're, they're not limited to football like football as well yeah i think maybe we're just spoiled because filbert is just such a handsome beast and and so amazing at what he does that when i see that half human half B thing running around it's just it's disturbing but anyway uh yeah guys yeah, good good think, sorry sorry matt but i think any no, any mascot that's got human legs on a on a mascot <laughs> body should be banned that's kind of what i'm getting at yeah and i feel like 
if I if I remember correctly, and please listeners um, let let us know. But I think Rami, the the uh, Derby County mascot, Derby human legs as well. So um, <laughs> please, like anyone that's got human leg, thinks human legs is a good idea on a mascot. No, don't do it. They have to have giant oversized feet and proportionally designed bodies and outfits. Anyway, much as much as we need to go into that. I think we had two games, didn't we, this week? <laughs> we did. As we said, at Watford, uh, started off with um, some changes to the lineup. The biggest one that jumped out right away was Benny Nelson getting the start over Connor Cody. We saw the big towering number 45 out there playing center back. Jim, what were your thoughts on Ben getting that start? Well, I think like you, Matt, I was pretty surprised because it seemed like it could be a Connor Cody um coming in and starting but i think we saw in the fa cup game the weekend before that nelson came on and played pretty well and maresca shifted the back three into sort of you know fast playing that middle role i think it was um connor doyle it was, was calendar playing on the left sorry not calendar playing on the left and um and then nelson playing on the right and he was really you know he was really good in that game and i think so i think it deserves start to, to see him coming through and looked pretty accomplished actually while he was like while he was playing so um really pleased to see him and um it wasn't the only kind of change from the starting lineup i don't think right yeah uh, we see casey mcintyre this time uh putting back onto the wing where he you know where well i don't know in Ma- in enzo's lineups you never know where anybody could show up uh playing any position but mcintyre back on the wing and then uh, dennis pratt gets is or Dennis Pryat, as uh, FC24 calls him, uh, was inserted back into the lineup. So we get Dennis the Belgian back into the side. So quite a few changes uh, before this away match at Vicarage Road, Jim. Yeah, um, it was, I think, you know, it was surprising again. I think Mavadidi started every league game up until that point. So mm-hmm. giving him a rest was, was a good thing, I think. Um, and then obviously Pratt coming in in the center mid. We I think we talked a little bit about who was going to play in that in that position. You know, it's up for grabs a little bit if we look at you know who's the other other center mid. In, you know, with with Kian and Jujubri Hall, is it going to be um, Eunice, who's been you know kind of looking all right and sort of looking to improve, and then he's not really got a look in again since then. We have Casey McAteer, we saw that you know recently in the number eight position. And so I think Pratt's kind of made a actually sort of like after the last couple of games, if I jump forward to tonight as well, quickly, he's actually performed pretty well and um, done a good job in terms of, um, you know, getting and playing most of the game and getting involved as well. And it was involved in the first goal. Yeah. I, and you know, as far as transformations go, when Dennis Pratt, first came to Leicester he was a blonde Belgian supermodel and now he has brown hair and a goatee and he looks like a swashbuckling pirate and so that has really been a change for me he could be an extra right now uh in Pirates of the Caribbean and would look completely at home with that goatee that he has going on so uh yeah he though immediately but has an incredible cutback move in the box that gets his legs swept out from under him. I think at first we were like, was that a penalty? Cause we were watching, you know, at the blue foot and we're like, eh. and then, you know, they show the replay and no doubt, just a beautiful cutback. And I won't lie, man. I didn't know he had it in him. That, that looked like something out of Mavadidi's book. It was pretty nice and tidy, like a little cutback. Yeah. That sort of like um little, almost Croyfest turn. And yeah. um, I think the only person who didn't think it was a penalty was maybe, um, Porteous, who seemed to have a very angry day and seemed to not like any call ever, which, um, you know, endears him probably to home fans, but makes you think he's a bit of a, a dickhead when you're an away fan. And I certainly was in the camp of thinking he was a dickhead um, during the match that I watched against. So it was nice to see him get booked and then um, not really do super well. But yeah, Dennis Pratt, I think he and Keenan Dewsbury Hall in the sort of musketeer middle field with the with their musketeer. So, yeah, musketeer too. That, their, that would um, work as well. With their facial hair, a pirate to the Caribbean. I totally I'm feeling musketeer. that vibe too. You can imagine Keenan is sporting a, a hoop gold earring 
uh, in the in, in outside of games and um, you know maybe wearing a, a tricorn hat. Yes, exactly. If not pirates, then definitely, yeah, three musketeers. Either way, there's swords involved, sword <laughs> fighting. Involved. Washbuckling midfield, I think we should call them from now on. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, Pat Tadaka steps up and buries that penalty. Was there ever a doubt, Jim, that I, 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 I knew as soon as he stepped up, he was going to bury that thing, and he doesn't make it. I mean, it wasn't the best penalty, like, a keeper with a little more lead probably could have stopped that thing. He puts it low, but uh, I mean, it went in. So yeah, what, he, what put it, he put it pretty hard. And I think any penalty that is a goal is a good penalty, right? I think that's the Matt, you and I were goalkeepers. And I think we would have probably been like, that was savable if you guessed the right way. And definitely would have been pissed. It, but, um, it's a goal. You know, I think that's all I can say. Uh, but it wasn't one of those ones where I thought if I look back, I couldn't have saved it. Right. But it's one nil. Eleven minutes in, we're all we're all dancing and cheering and thinking, you know, here we go. This is this is going to be easy street playing some nice football. I wonder if I'm the only Leicester fan out there that Googled what Mr. Q was uh, on the Watford shirt, and it turns out it is an internet uh, slot machine. So don't go there unless you want probably many types of viruses. Uh, or uh, Nigerian um, hacking schemes happening to your phone. Uh, either way, we get back in- underway. And uh, Kieran Deersbury Hall, I think, was the one that I wanted to shout out immediately. That he just looked dangerous I, the entire match. KDH's game. I don't know if he, you know, since the the rumors about him being traded, if he took that personally, I don't know what, but he does seem to have stepped it up here, Jim, uh, recently um, in in the last few games. I totally agree. I think it's great. To, it's great to see that you know the the rumors that surround him about the move are kind of seem to have fueled him in a way to kind of say like I'm committed to well certainly on the pitch right and certainly what we're seeing I'm committed to City. I'm committed to Leicester. He's a Leicester lad, as we know. He's grown up through the academy. I'm sure he's one of those, and I think who's just loving the freedom that he's got through Maresca, um, the the license to bomb on um kind of get more creative i know he's described himself in the in the past as a technician and sort of you know more that sort of player who can bring more the technical side of the game to it i know i just use the word tech technical and technician in, interchangeably but you know we i think we've always kind of known him as more of a sort of box to box midfield a high energy guy but i think we're starting to see a bit more class from him you know um and yeah great to see matt i think I think it looks like the team without, and we didn't want to talk, I don't, we probably don't want to go back to transfer deadline day because we talked a bit about that in the last pod um, or you guys did. And, and I mentioned it in the voice note, but um, keeping the team together has been just as important as like getting a new signing in. I know we're all a bit upset about Sensi, but you know, as I looked back on it and I think the more and more, like the team we have is the team that we need to get over the line. I'm confident in that. I don't think we've got the money. Does it really make sense to spend like, you know, two, three, like three million right. on a guy who's out of contract? If he wants to join us and he loves Maresca and he loves the way we're playing, you know, if he doesn't sign a new contract with Inter or someone else, we could get him in the summer on a free. Um, I know like Rick Flair and the Big Strong Lester Boys podcast has kind of talked about and lamented about, I would say, We've never had anyone on a free who we've already had since Brian Bertrand and so forth. But, um, you know, maybe that's a possibility to sort of give us some more class and drive in the midfield as we do have a lot of players out of contract. You know, one of them being Dennis, who we just talked about, um, who got the assist. Yeah, man. Then we get to halftime. And uh, after the half at 55 minutes, we see probably what it is undoubtedly the best team goal of the season. It kind of starts out chaotically with Mads placing a pass that uh, I think quite a few people would have asked the question about, but it ends up drawing. It's such a questionable pass that it ends up drawing three of the Watford players, which uh, we just used to our advantage then to spring a counterattack. Um, and yeah, the most beautiful team goal of the season without a doubt. Um, your thoughts on it, Jimmy? Oh, um, it was like what we've been expecting all season, I think. You know, I think it's a testament to 
what what Enzo's been building and in um in terms of kind of creating a sort of total football type goal, right? You know, building from the back, drawing in the opposition, you know, getting like being pressure resistant and then just playing through them. And like what a finish, you know, I think Ricky P yeah. He kind of like was driving through and then linked up and, and did it. You know, if if you saw an Arsenal do that goal, it would be lauded over for years. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Winksy the the ball that you know Winksy gets it and it, it would have been very easy to panic and just put that thing to the side, but he sees the line, sees Ricky making the run, puts it right Gosh. on his foot. Uh, put Ricky runs it all the way down the field. And just another quick reminder, guys, that what the fuck is Ricardo Pereira doing in the championship? He's just a cheat code here. But he puts the ball over to Fatawu, who lays it right back to him. And he just finishes it. And I, it's just a quick reminder of just how Enzo Ball should look, man. Oh, that was absolutely right. And I think we know why Ricky P is still with us because he loves Seagrave. He loves uh, doing the videos, right? <laughs> yes. He's a great ambassador for Seagrave and um, social media for the city that we could have. But yeah, it was such a wonderful goal. And um, again, I think as we looked at it, I I think it was we, that game, we didn't make a lot of chances, but what we did make were very, very good quality. Um but you know it was fantastic to to see that and have you know have such a great goal that we we scored and then i think it became like two nil up and then it was just sort of absorbing pressure weren't we yeah it uh after that it was pretty much you know they were throwing it at us for sure we see harry winks uh with an assist he don't he doesn't make mistakes very often guys but that was a pretty bad one but uh just one of those weird situations where i think he misplayed it you know comes off his foot weird and uh nothing you can do that's the kind of shit that happens in football especially when you're playing a team that's pressing like they were absolutely yeah and i think it was you know after you said matt he contributed so much to the first goal like well laying it through to to ricky p to just run the length of the field um but I think the great thing we've seen from from Harry Winks is his sort of resiliency and his mentality as a leader and just as a confidence to kind of play the ball. And as we think about, has it? It didn't affect him certainly in tonight's performance. And so, and I think he's going to use that as to fuel him getting better for the rest of the season. Like mistakes happen. The, the style we play, we're going to be giving certain chances if we can if, if if they press us and we'll just have to get through it and yep. we did we survived we survived in three points we did and uh another reminder guys just a quick reminder for everybody mad Hermanson is the real fucking deal and mm-hmm. another more incredible saves in this match distribution was um like we said i don't know how you if you look at uh Pereira's goal it was brilliant distribution but he's getting better every single match and it's it, it's great to watch and it yeah if the only way that they're going to score against us is if we literally give it to them right in front of an empty net and he still almost had the save he dove for it and slid like 35 feet so uh that would have been that would have been incredible as well uh but yeah shout out to Mads for having an incredible uh nice run of form here lately uh did want to present uh our little video from the man at the match, Mr. Ollie McLean, who was there. He was uh, hanging out with Jason as well. Those two got to hang out. So without further ado, we will send you to Ollie for his thoughts on the Watford match. Matt, hey, Foxes, hope as well as usual. Um, and I hope you enjoyed the 2-1 win at Watford. Um Made it a little bit difficult for ourselves again, but we saw out the win, which was decent, which was good enough, obviously. Um, obviously, it's a shame you can't do anything about the goals that we conceded. You know, it's 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 just errors. You can't you can't help them, but um, but it's the fact we don't then kill the game off afterwards because it gives them hope and it gives them decent chances to then equal, uh, equalise and take two points off of us. <clears throat> um, but yeah, we, we didn't let it happen like we have done a few times this season, so no complaints really. Um, 
yeah, just another another decent away day. Uh, one closer to the uh, the Red Reddings point um, point tally, which I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm quite confident that we, we're gonna we're gonna get there. If we don't beat it, I think we'll equal it because um, there's a lot of winnable games left. We've we've, we've had a lot of hard, a lot of the hard games, so. We can, only, we can only hope, but we move on to Tuesday, Chef uh, Chef Wednesday at home. It's, it's a game we need to, I say need to, it's a game we should be winning. But we've seen crazy things happen down at the, uh, at the KP. Jason, Ryan, so good to see you both. Um, yeah, absolutely, just just pair of legends, man. Absolutely unreal. So yeah, I'll see you both, hopefully I'll see you both on Tuesday. Um, at least get you a beer down the local hero um, but yeah just just buzzing for them all I really am buzzing for them all um, but yeah we'll see you then for now take care and all the city awesome thank you to Ali and yeah he was looking forward to today as you can tell and it's a perfect little segue I guess before that I mean what your thoughts on his little point early about being nervous at the end of the match um yeah, I agree. I think I was a little bit nervous too in terms of are we going to hold on? Have we got the the mentality? But then we did. And I think we're – I was thinking about this, Matt, like certainly over the weekend, but certainly after tonight's game that this is – I've got the kind of feeling that I got when we when we won the league in 2015-16 now. I'm, I'm, no, we're, we're a long way ahead, but I think we're showing – the, the mental fortitude. And I don't know if this is too early to to show my hand and it's February. It's not, you know, we've got 16 games to go. That's a lot of points to still play for. But the way that we're start, you know, we're starting to play. Um Owen Palmer Atkinson asked Enzo tonight, like, are you happy you're finally seeing like our style? And he's and you know, Enzo's response was brilliant, which is, no, um, we've been showing this since the preseason game, the first game in preseason against Liverpool. And I would agree. I think it's, um, we've stuck to what he wants, the way he wants to play. Um, and we have the, I think to me, probably the way the question was going and that what we're seeing is this, it's kind of becoming second nature for this team now. And so it's kind of ingrained in them that not having to think of much. And I think we saw that, as we, if we can flip to, if you want to flip to sort of the Sheffield Wednesday game tonight, but um, the way that the team was linking up, and I think there was a period of like half an hour tonight where it was just next level football that we were playing with everybody contributing. Um, and the way even Vardy's like linking up and playing on that is just fantastic. So um, I'm super excited. I think we've been huge fans of Enzo, Enzo Ball on this pod. Since since day one, right? So, I feel pretty um, pretty happy with it. Yeah, man. Same here. We rolled as you said into uh, this evening's Matt. Well, today in the states, but it was this evening over there at the KP uh, against Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday on a Tuesday, as we were saying. Um, and yeah, the first thing I gotta say that jumped out to me, and, and this is just the weirdo that I am. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday's kits. I actually really liked the kits. I think those are those Macron, Macron. Yeah. Kit. Is that the brand? Yeah. But the only thing I did not like about them was the uh, eight by 10 piece of paper that was taped to the front of all of them. I don't know if they're just like changing the sponsor per game, but literally looked like they just slapped. <laughs> they just, you know, printed them off the, uh, the <laughs> printer in the back and then put some two-sided tape onto the front of them and stuck them to them. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it's a good-looking kit. I like the collar and everything, but, man, destroyed. Yeah, Dana and I were talking about that earlier, actually, as, we, as I rewatched the highlights, and, you know, we made a comment about, did they make – it's like we made um, – we made Taylor Swift NFL T-shirts for the for the Super Bowl party, you know, with iron on, you know, printing it at home. Yeah, and it yeah. looks like they. And she's like, "Did they make their own shirts? Did they just like put an iron on shirt? They didn't even kind of match the white of the shirt, or they didn't kind of make it a transparent 
see so yeah. that map makes you think that like we have to look in, i have to look into that and see did they change the sponsor because it's really uh, bad it's really bad i mean with the owner that they have with chance siri like he's such a piece of shit anyway it, i mean it wouldn't surprise me if they're just the highest bidder for every match we might be able to get a like a u.s foxes pod logo on the front of their front of their shirt if we sent them a few hundred pounds i'll bet chance siri put us on the front of their Sure. Okay, so they did announce that they changed their sponsor um, on the 9th of Feb um, with immediate effect. So it's actually a local, um, Serata is a local tech company in Sheffield. So um, wow. So I guess that's why it looks like it looks because they've covered over. So uh, you learn a little bit every day and yeah. um, that's good. And then I, I think, you know, it's, it's a good, um, it's good that they've got local backing. Oh, I know that I would want my company's logo to be taped onto the front of a uh, professional footballer shirt that looked horrible. Uh, but yeah, anyway, guys, like literally as soon as the ball kicked off, uh, first of all, Wednesday, we're just playing. I thought I, I heard it described as kamikaze football, and uh, that ends up biting them in the ass pretty damn quickly uh, when you're coming at a team with the quality that we have up front. You better be able to handle a counter, and that's exactly what we hit them with. And man, I don't even know what to say. You guys got to look up this, look up this uh, goal if you haven't seen it yet, just to see the absolute brilliance of Jamie Vardy. We talk all the time about his ability to finish, but uh, just shows you that he is playing chess while the rest of the game is being is a checkers game because he lets the ball go through his legs. I didn't even see uh, Fatawu making the run on the backside, but it lets the ball go through and Fatawu just buries it home up one, nothing three minutes in Jim. No, absolutely. Great. And I think for most U S um, Foxes listeners, you know, on this side of the pond with most of us were, well, we were all at work today and um, I was trying to get out of, of a meeting and it was still going and I was, had it on my phone and I kind of did a little, you know, we all do a little fist pump, as we see the golds going, yes, I certainly did. As I was glancing down and, and streaming it through the ever reliable Foxes Hub, and um, that's not at all based on the um, iFollow platform. Definitely you know, not. In a second, um, but um, yeah, Matt, as you said, I loved it. Even he let it through his legs, and then he sort of did a little fake that he was going to back heel it, but he didn't as well. <laughs> and then you know, Abdul just you know slots it into an empty net. But great. Like I think what it was a testament was I don't know number one why Wednesday trying to play it out from the back when it's, that's I don't know, you know we're we're probably the best pressing team in the league um, and then you know a double team of you know KDH and then Pratt applying the pressure to force the turnover and then KDH was you know looking up and just great a great ball from him we talked about him you know and how impressive he's been earlier in the pod um, and he just showed again some class there and, and the energy that he brings. And then, you know, like you said, the goat, you know, contributing to the first goal without touching the ball um, was fantastic and getting us, you know, a super flying start in the game. Yeah. After that, it really was just a few minutes of just Mavadidi and then Fatawu just taking the piss. I, Steffi Mavadidi is doing things like I just, I hope that these highlights are not finding their way to premier league clubs because i want to hold on to this guy for as long as humanly possible he's finding ways like this little one-two punch that we're developing on the wing is something that we could have never dreamed of jim and it, it's just it's getting silly uh he's nutmegging people uh he's literally making three guys fall all over themselves and setting up goals like it's it's just incredible what we're seeing from this wing play and I, I I just pinch myself sometimes and hope that it can continue when we inevitably go up. Yeah, it's amazing to have like two elite wingers for this for this level of league. Right. And I think uh, uh, when, like when, really good like runners. honestly, Jim, when was when have we ever had on both sides? Uh, I would say like I guess if we count Premier League winning team of Mares and Mark Albright and you know different styles, but not. Sure. Like, different right i think you know both of them contributing to helping us win the league for sure you know we yeah. riad riad just is we you know it goes without saying how good riad was and and so forth and um but you know and we know how great you know sparky you know kevin is and and, and like as, as, a, yeah. as a legend as yeah. well but i think as you think about matt like having 
the level of trickery and the level of sort of that I think that's Mavadidi is I'm not going to say he's on the same level as Riyadh but it like it's shades of that with the skills we're seeing kind of it's almost like if we had a Brazilian winger I think with the sort of (laughs) the lollipops and the fake shots and turns and just the way he twists and turns and then yeah does that which is amazing and you know that's probably his time in in Europe right you know he he went the hard road to he went and did something that you know being a I think Derby graduate and then going and going to Juventus and then play, you know all that time in in in, in um, Montpellier is showing like he's got something different he thinks and tries something different and I actually thought he looked like he was going a bit grouchy for being dropped and going off the boil and he looks like as you said Matt that that the sort of the thirty minutes thirty five minutes of football after the goal in the first half was just like so dominating and we just like pipes call it a symphony in the in the on the, on BBC Radio last and I totally agree with him. Uh once again saw another couple great saves from Mads in this match yeah. as well. A full stretch. Uh, I think that Gassima guy, the Gossima, whatever he was yeah. for them, um put one that Mads had a full stretch on. That pink and purple keeper kit guys do yourself a favor and just order from the team shop right now. It It's one of our best in years. It just looks so good in person as well. But uh, yeah, love love uh, me some Mads Hermanson right now. Let's get right into yet another incredible team goal. Jamie Vardy ends up putting it home, but quite a work done before that. Oh, yeah. I think um, if the if the goal that Rick, Ricky P scored against Watford shows sort of like total football on the ground, um, this showed that we could play fast, direct football. And I think one of the things that was talked about and pointed out was um, the crossfield distribution of Wild Fast. And I think that contributed to the goal because he was pinging it out to Mavadidi constantly um, before the goal. And I think what it did is, and you know, I'm going to give Pipes credit for some good analysis on this, and I'm going to sort of build on it, was he was setting setting Sheffield Wednesday defense to shift to the right and open up space. And I think what we've seen Enzo likes to do, as we know, is the midfielders bomb on. You know, we've got Dewsbury Hall and now it's it's Pratt over, you know, and, and it's been Undidi before, you know, going past and, and contributing. So we've got a front, a front three uh, centrally. And what happened was, you know, Mavadidi was such a threat. He was playing so well. They were, you know, looking at him. I think there was triple team at some certain points when he had the ball today. And, um, you know, but then fast plays a, a superb ball over the top, you know, the, you know, straight to Kin and who's running onto it. He didn't have to, it, that like speaking of Super Bowl, Matt, that was like a sort of Mahomes-esque ball through. It really was. And, um, I love that as I watched it again and again, it's like shades of that Riyadh to Vardy goal against Man, Man United back in like, what, 2019, where it's just, you know, long ball and Riyadh just sort of, you know, we talk about this a lot on the pod and I was there to, luckily enough to see it. But, you know, just the sort of trap slide rule. And this was just, he cushions the ball and lays it into Vardy's path. And we see the goat. Goats like to eat everything, as we know, and the goat fed on this one. And it was a classic Vardy finish, wasn't it? Just like outpacing the the centre-back and just... um just like yeah, slotting yeah. at home the handoff from Katie because oh, yeah. that's, that's all I can call it is a handoff that it's ball just plays effortlessly off of his foot directly into the path of Vardy for me it reminded me more of actually the record breaker goal his 11 uh mm-hmm. his 11th one and the way that it curved a little bit off of his foot around the keeper uh kind of the way that yeah he, the finish you know, was reminiscent of that yeah very reminiscent of that. that's what it reminded me of so uh but yeah Shout out to uh, that goal was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And we, Shout uh, out to, to to Jason, always being there for a wonder goal. We know he was there for Vardy's <laughs> uh, Vardy's um, screamer against Liverpool back in the day. I think in the that was in the title yep. season, right? He was also uh, so, there for Mares, uh, yeah. Mares goal <laughs> against Man City. So, so yeah, well, Rob, yeah, and um, Robert Hoof double. But um, I think we we need you guys to stay out there a bit longer um, and you know, bring us <laughs> luck again because but also bring us some quality. But I think, Matt, after that, it was kind of like... It was weird, right? We, we owned the game. I think there was just... There was no need to to do anything crazy. 
we and it, I don't think much happened in the second half, to be honest. It was just sort of controlled. Um, like Wednesday had a few chances, as you said. Mads had a good game again, and I think every week we talk about him contributing from building from the back, but also the level of quality as a goalkeeper that he is in terms of um, shot stopping, but you know, reading the game, coming out and closing things down. And Matt, I, I kind of worry that he's someone who's going to be on someone's radar. I have no doubt, Jim. More than more than some of the others. The other person I think, and I've I've kind of been, I know I've been critical of him, but um Vestergaard today, I think we saw like um Veston Power or you know, whatever, Beckon Guard. I don't know what we want to call him, but the way that he kind of added some a lot of calmness to the game. And I think when I was there at Christmas, I really watched him closely about how he adds that. You know, he's not quick. He's like, I don't actually think he's that good of a defender but i think the way that what he contributes to the play forward and the calmness on the ball and he actually kind of they were trying to press him and he was getting out of traps and then keeping it keeping the ball for us so i really want to call out that he had a good game on the ball as well today and was really impressive and and, and drove it and i think it was almost as i look at the the team sheet Everyone had a really good game. I don't think anyone didn't contribute out of the starting 11 today. So proud of this team. So proud yeah, of where they too. are. And, and I'm, I, I just, I, you know, I was going to say I'm so proud of Mads. And then I was just like, dude, I'm just so proud of this entire organization and the way that we are, you know, Absolutely. it would have been so easy to get down on ourselves after, you know, a, another quote unquote crappy transfer window. But at the end of the day, guys, the old adage and you know it seems funny to use it but if it ain't broke don't fix it like look at where we are we are 12 points at the top john rudkin's not going fucking anywhere he's sitting there today right next to top that is like top's best friend i i just kept waiting to see like wild bachelor party photos of top and john rudkin you know at a strip club or something leak to to the uh press but He's not going anywhere, guys, and uh, we we're just gonna keep rolling. Twelve points clear now, and I mean, what you can't complain. You really can't complain. We're twelve clear, and we're going. We've got young players doing things that are incredibly impressive, showing lots mm -hmm. of promise. And you know, I I can't help just be positive right now. No, Matt. Like I'm just doing the maths on this. Like seventy eight points from thirty two games is two point four. Three seven five three two point four four points per game, like that. If we maintain it, you know, Ollie was talking earlier about are we going to break the Reading record? Like that is going for like a hundred and twelve points. So silly. Um, it's like silly points territory. It's now. silly, especially because, like, I just remember thirteen fourteen championship season when yeah. we just literally ran through the league and that felt like we had won the league by a million points and we are beating the shit out of that team as far as yeah. results right now so I, it's it's crazy man i you know that year we felt unbeatable and talk about you know some of those results and some of those games and 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 now it's like yeah god damn where with this club has come I would love to ask Jamie Vardy to like kind of compare those two teams because, you know, that was the young Vardy, you know, really coming out, you know, that was his like, yep, yeah, he's like contributing and doing all the stuff that him and you dry up front in that game, drink water and Matty James and, you know, like a, a team, you know, halfway through, I think that's when we signed Wes Morgan as well to get us over the line. But um, right. I feel like that, that season was a lot of sort of one, one one goal wins and you know we did we did play really well when we were untouchable but i think this team like i don't know I, we need to probably go back and look at this and let's see if this team wins the league and then probably yeah. what we can do is look at the side by side you know highlights for seasons or whatever that would be a really interesting um definitely study to see you know which team which team sort of was different but you know different teams different styles different you know but jamie vardy the constant the constant between both, right? Which is right. How freaking impressive is that? That we're talking about <laughs> ten years later, 
he's our top scorer in the league when we're top of the league in the championship yeah. and looking like he's not 37 he's looking like he's 27 yeah it would be i i look forward to the day when we have jamie vardy as a guest on the pod and he he can tell us about how you know he was influenced as a striker by david nugent and chris wood and yeah gary taylor gary taylor fletcher <laughs> what what effect he had on his game um Guys, uh, yeah, we'll wrap that up there. Burrow at home this weekend. Uh, big one coming in. Burrow sitting right now, I think. They are 13th. 13th place right now. And uh, Burrow's one of those teams that had high expectations coming into the season, Jim, and, and just have not been able to meet them. Uh, I get what are your thoughts going into Saturday? 7 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast, 10 a.m. East Coast. 9 a.m. Central. And um, so for our, how many, 12 Houston listeners, I think you said we had before the pod. So, we hey, did. Houston listeners, reach out. Let's watch a game together. But um, we, yeah, I, I think, as you said, Matt, um, Middlesbrough, high expectations. I think a lot of buzz around Michael Carrick, a lot of buzz around like how they did last season. Um, interesting, they're 32 games in and have a zero goal difference. I think that's um, pretty and like for me as a sort of like, someone who looks at that sort of nerd level um the you know man united also have a zero goal difference after 24 games in the championship uh, sorry in the premier league as well and they're sixth in the league um which is insane that they have a zero goal difference in the premier league and, and sixth but you know i'd expect you know 13th team to have be around the, the median but you know zero is pretty exciting but they do have two games in hand on a lot of the teams including us so they could jump up to i think 10th probably but yeah I, I think that's going to be a good test at home they play football in the right way i think it'd be a good game to watch and um man i'm just excited i think one of the things we've loved about the championship um has been just like it's game after game after game and we always seem to be playing and when you're playing the way that we do you want to kind of get to the next game and watch it again right it's almost Hell like yeah. I think as you and I talked before the game, we're like, are you are you sure there's only 14 games left? That's isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's in, that's super crazy. And um, I would like to, you know, on one hand, we'd like the season to keep going, but I'm also super excited about like what this could look like. But let's just get through the season and um, and enjoy it. Absolutely, guys. So yeah. Make sure that you uh, get to your local pub to cheer on the boys Saturday against Borough. Uh, quick women's update. Beat the shit out of out of Birmingham 6-2 to two in the Women's FA Cup uh, last week. Shannon O'Brien with a brace. I mean, ladies are just kicking ass right now, and it is wonderful to see. Keep it up after that big, you know, loss, tough loss to Man City, being able to bounce back like that in the cup. Hell of a result. Oh, fantastic. So, you know, doing been doing well in the cup after, you know, after we played, beat Derby County 4-0 in the last round. So 10 goals in the last two <laughs> rounds of the FA Cup. Pretty amazing getting to the, what what's it now, sixth round, which is the quarterfinal. We've got Liverpool coming up March the 10th. So that'd be a tough one because like looking back um, at when we played Liverpool, we beat them in February. Um, we beat them last, last year, but... Um, we lost 2-1 in November, I think, was the last time we played them. So it would be good to get some revenge and get to the semifinal. For sure. Good luck to the girls as they head on in their season. All right, Jim, on that note, I think we've uh, held everybody up enough uh, this week <laughs> on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Anything else that you want to touch on before we send them off? Uh, everyone sure is desperate for Jason and Chris to come back um, so they don't have to listen <laughs> to me prattling on. Um just excited to hear um, Matt as again, back to our sort of listener base that you mentioned, we have a, some listeners from Leamington Spa, which is my hometown in England. So um, love to hear from you there, you know, I grew up there. Um, so very excited that we've got, we've got some fans in it. We've got fans all over the world and it's lovely to, to kind of look and talk, talk as a group about yeah. where we have people from and how much this, this club is um, becoming a truly kind of global global fan base and from all over, you know, not just the UK and the Leicestershire area, but now 
the whole of the UK, the whole of um, Northern Ireland, Ireland, and then the and then just the spread in the US certainly, and then beyond. Dude, the beyond is to, is huge as well. Got to give a shout out to Germany. Uh, apparently, it's thirty six of you that have listened uh, to last week's episode from Germany. Uh, as I'm looking at these analytics, uh, Hamlin, it says subregion Lower Saxony, uh, Hamburg, Hanover, Berlin, Gevelsburg, Gevelsburg. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Germany. Whoever you guys are listening in Germany, I, I it blows my mind that we have you guys listening every week. You are, hmm. you're you you guys fucking rule. Thank you so much Thanks, for the support. Man. Yeah, Donka Sean. Yes, it's it's uh it's so cool to look at these analytics every week and see where you guys are listening for. That's not even talking about like where you guys all are checking in from from the US. I mean, some it's it's just crazy to see where some of these places are like Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. What's going on, guys? Cedar Falls, Iowa, check it in. Uh, we got listeners in Vegas, Moorhead, Minnesota, all this in so yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you for tuning yeah, in. Man, I think week. we'll we'll have to do a sort of map or something and post it on the Instagram and Twitter about so everyone can see where there are fellow listeners at some point and we can um you know maybe get connections going with someone who's local that's listening that you don't know about and um you can make new friends and you can talk about you know something that clearly if you're listening to us um yeah every week where you know this is basically some friends hanging out talking yep. and we love we love you know we we love that you guys can join us on that um you can make some friends and talk about this wonderful club that we all love yeah it's just, I, it blows my mind man shout out to swartz creek michigan and uh theodore alabama <laughs> you guys rule man thank you for listening um but yeah on that note i think it's a good uh point to send everybody off we've taken up enough of their time this week thank you as always for joining jim and i alone this week on the u.s foxes podcast does mean the world that you take time out to hang out with us and uh talk about leicester city the one thing that uh, brings us all together as always so from houston to hinkley we will see you next time on the u.s foxes podcast cheers guys peace